This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. Hello, listeners. This is Matt, and you're listening to Quad Pro Quo. As always, I'm joined by my three co-hosts, Guido. Hello. Allie. Hi. And Tammy. Hello. We are a weekly film podcast inspired by the quid pro quo scene in Silence of the Lambs, where each week one of us will pick a movie. Uh, This week is my pick, but before we get started, yeah, Guido, how are you feeling about Liverpool's chances getting into uh, Europe next season? Well, I'm a huge optimist, so very, very good. I mean, but technically right now you guys aren't even in the top five because that's how you get into Europe, though. But we have proven to be explosive. We can score lots of goals in a game. And we just won against... uh, Nottingham Forest. I I was really appreciating that. As a West Ham fan in this relegation battle right now, I am really appreciating you guys beating up on those, those poor teams like that. Hey, Allie, does it sound like Liverpool is underwater? Oh, you're cutting to the movie already? I was going to say, hey, Tammy, do you know who else is from England? Lisa Vanderpump. Speaking of Vanderpump, let's get back to Scandaball. No, okay. <laughs> you fucking bitches. Come on. Come on. Every, every, like, you guys, like, we were legit sitting there like, yeah, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. No, you. keep going. Talk about it. Talk about give a shit. But seriously. Stupid, cheating Scandaball. No, no, no. But, but seriously, it sounds like Liverpool's underwater. Liverpool is... Why are you doing this? <laughs> Liverpool, I... Stop I, sinking me. <laughs> I mean, I... segue into their next... I mean, I'm an American, so I don't know too much about <laughs> England's geography, but I feel like Liverpool is a is a manufacturing and a harbor town or something like that. It's a port town. It's got a port. Like, it's probably by a river or something, I think, right? I believe so. It's definitely on an island. Allison would know out of all. I mean, all I know is... Well, I've never been to Liverpool, so... (laughs) I mean, all I know is London's burning and I live by the river. Speaking of, we're just rolling right along with our our Creature Feature Month. Our last week, we we did Tremors, Tremors. Allie's pick. It is on a river. It's a river that probably leads to the ocean. Yes. And speaking of oceans... I am picking Ocean's Eleven. That and, is my pick for Creature Feature. Maybe the okay. Amazon? The Amazon's got salt water in it. Okay. Well, we are continuing our Creature Feature month. Which with was math which pick. was submitted by our friend Brett Parker at Dissect That Film. Thanks, yes. Brett. Thanks, Thank Brett. you, Brett. My pick was released in 2017. It was directed by Guillermo del Toro. It was written by Guillermo del Toro and Vanessa Taylor. Starring Sally Hawkins, Octavia Spencer, Michael Shannon, Richard Jenkins, Doug Jones. This is The Shape of Water. If I told you about her, the princess without voice, what would I say? Mm. Uh, Fancy. Going around the room, have you seen it before? What were your thoughts about this pick? We'll start with uh, Guido. Look, I've avoided this movie like a slippery fish because I was told that somebody fucks a fish. In and I was like, erotica. And I'm like, you know what? I'm good. Hard pass. I could watch, I don't know, anything else. Yeah, yeah. but you don't... Thank God for that. You watch Surf Ninjas you instead. You don't sway Only the best. any kind of romance in a movie. You don't like feelings. Yeah. All no. of this is true. Allie? I had seen this before. Because when Matt and I lived in Phoenixville, we were, well, we still are members of the Colonial Theater. And uh, they would do an Oscar movie marathon every year where they would show all the, the movies nominated for Best Picture. And this was a 2018. Oh, this was, was a, a stacked year. Oh, my God. Oh, it, was it was so good. It was such a good marathon. There were so was, many good movies. It was probably the best one that we saw. It was It great. was the best weekend what, marathon. Um, what does that entail that whole weekend? There can be up to 10 Best Picture nominees any year. Um, I think that year there were eight. So there were four movies. They showed four movies back to back on Saturday and four movies back to back on Sunday. And you got like a break. You got like a dinner break. You got like breaks in between like 15 minutes, stuff like that. And this was the last movie on Sunday. This was Uh, the last movie on Sunday. Yeah. And like that year it was Lady Bird. It was The Darkest Hour. It was Dunkirk. It was, that was a really good marathon. So that was, I think the first time that I saw that movie. So that's awesome. That That was, yeah. Cause I thought. So much fun. We we thought we were going to go see it in theaters together, but no, before b- but before that, but then we're like, 
We'll now just wait. This, we're like, this looks like it's going to get some buzz. So. Yeah, we just decided to wait. And uh, I mean, I love anything Guillermo del Toro, even his crappy stuff is good. So okay, uh, Tammy. I had not seen it before. Two and, virgins. And I honestly thought it was one of M. Night Shyamalan's movies. That's the lady in the water. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Get out. <laughs> can we call? Can no, we get can, out? Is Jordan Peele? No. Can we call? Can we call Tammy too in? To I talk about this movie because she just soiled it with no, her M. You, Night Shyamalama ding dong over no, here. No, but you asked me what I thought when you picked the movie and I thought it was the M. Night Shyamalan movie. You got it confused. And <sighs> then I found out the other night. What was what night did we watch this? Not Friday? all directors look alike. Friday night. Friday night. No, I, I realized during the opening credits that it was not an M. Night Shyamalan movie. Of course, I wasn't going to tell you at the time. But because now of this that reaction that twist. just happened. Correct. So was. Uh, yeah, I, I honestly would have woken your kids up because I would have been like <laughs> laughing so hard at you for thinking that. What is what is the M. Night Shyamalan movie? It's called The Lady in the Water. The Lady in the Water. Bryce Dallas Howard in it. Okay. Oh, the lady that's going to save Star Wars. Okay. So this was a completely mm-hmm. different movie. Does Mr. Howard and that fish lady get it on? Until sitting down no. and watching it. No, I think she Paul fucked... Paul Giamatti. Yeah, she fucks Paul Giamatti instead. I don't bang, know if there's any bang. fucking in it. Okay. Matt loves I never uh, watched Guido it. Guido loves Paul Giamatti. I do. Yeah, because he's, he's got an Italian last name. Yes. He takes care of his own. Does he shoot him up? He's a great bad guy in that. Is that the one with Clive Owen where yeah. he's fucking and then he's also shooting? Yeah. Yes. And, and eating carrots and delivering babies and shooting. Yes. He loves Clive Owen. So, yeah. So, I was... Um, Pleasantly surprised that it wasn't going to be the M. Night Shyamalan movie. <laughs> I feel like that's what everyone says when they go into movies that aren't M. Night Shyamalan movies. I mean, I, I do like no some offense. M. Night Shyamalan movies. I never movies. get that time yeah. back from The Village. You I like, like you, lots of them, actually. I like, like The Village. You like The Sixth Sense. You like, like Unbreakable. The, yeah. You signs. Like, you I like the first. You like the first. 10 minutes of signs because shout out to my hometown Oxford it's no, in that movie I like there, that movie I you think know, it's good do you know that Oxford is in that movie yeah, you, I, you told me like 17 times in our life signs has my favorite anti-semite in it <laughs> I tried out for the village yeah I liked the village I didn't get actually. a part <laughs> alright well take us uh, yeah take us through take this. us back to 1962 this is actually a first in quad pro quo history because this is the first best picture winner I feel like we've done just saying. This won the best picture for uh, 2018. What? Twin sitters didn't win best picture? That's shocking. I am also just as shocked. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it did win best picture. It did win best picture. Which, Wait. again, a tough year. You did Highlander. You're right. Highlander <laughs> did win the Academy Award for the best picture ever made of all time. This movie starts, it starts with like a fantasy style intro. It's like an underwater sort of thing. It's like a fantasy intro, like anything that we've seen from Guillermo del Toro before, like like Pan's Labyrinth or even Crimson Peak. Ali was the one that has often said that Guillermo del Toro, he makes fairy tales for adults, which I, I totally agree, especially with this movie. We're introduced to the main character, Eliza, Eliza Esposito, who is played by Sally Hawkins, who, um, I don't know, our listeners with uh, our listeners with kids would know her from the Paddington series, including <laughs> Paddington 2, one of the greatest movies ever. It makes you want to be a better man. I love that. She's in a lot of... Um, I told you. Mike Lee movies. Mike Lee's a, a British director. She was in... Um, she was in Blue Jasmine. She that was, was in Layer Cake, which is a really good movie starring Daniel Craig. She I was have in never a, seen anything with her in it. We're introduced to uh, all of her, it seems like, because uh, we see butt, we see boobs. And we I, see, she's getting ready to take a I bath. Didn't, <laughs> I didn't mind that, though. Like, and we, I felt like we got to know the entirety of Eliza from the first five minutes of the yeah, film. Like, she is like, again, you, you she, know what you're, she's relatable from she's the first bo- five minutes of of the movie yeah she's she's boiling eggs and flicking beans right at the beginning of the movie yep she likes baths with too much water in the tub she, she has a routine she has yeah, a routine she, has a, she makes she, her hard-boiled eggs for work she takes a bath she flicks the bean she's, she's doing her business well i mean since, uh, well. and then she goes to work yeah unlike Allie, i usually like to sprinkle the fun facts throughout when i'm talking but um guillermo del toro Imagine this movie with Sally Hawkins mm-hmm. in mind. He oh, wanted her okay. first. 
Not only was she the first choice, she was the only choice. I wrote this movie for Sally. I wanted the character of Eliza to be beautiful in her own way. Guillermo said that you could believe that this character would just be a woman sitting next to you on the bus, but at the same time, she would have this luminosity, a beauty, almost magical. And also, apparently, uh, he first pitched this movie to her in 2014, and he was super drunk at a Golden Globes party. I love it. This a is drunk, not- heavily accented Mexican man saying, like, I wrote this movie for you. This is, th- he was like, I was drunk, and this is not a movie that makes you sound less drunk. <laughs> It's, it was probably so humbling to hear that from him. And it was he's, five he, years before, yeah, four because, years before the movie. Because he's such, he is a very talented director. And like, it's not like, you know, Michael Bay comes up to you and says, oh, I'm making this movie about you. because It's, uh, it's yeah. about an ambulance. And um, yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so, have, or, or it could be depicted as creepy because he's like i've seen you act and i've wrote this movie for you nah, it's probably the only industry where it's not creepy it's like a, it's, a com- a vision. it's a com- it's a compliment compliment like oh my god you wrote in a because there's no original thought anymore in hollywood so when someone thinks up something original that isn't based off a book or something yeah. else and well, he wrote this is it based off a book no, this oh. is this is original thought, and he wrote it. I mean, it's for Lu- her. That is, it's an original thought off of a movie. I'll get to that later. Oh well, like Creature from the Black Lagoon, but like, yeah. like, but he wrote a character he invented in his own mind and thought of her. Like that's a compliment from mean? a great director. If it was Michael Bay, like Abe Sapien was in Hellboy. There is no the fili- there is no affiliation to that. Can't at all. convince me of that. <laughs> Okay, well, there's an affiliation. It's the same person. I mean, it's They're the same. A- no, it's the same actor. But yeah. yeah. Oh, but um, that too. But we're we're also introduced to uh, her neighbor Giles, who is played by Richard Jenkins. I love who is, him. Who is a very famous that guy? He was uh. the he was the dad in Step Brothers. Yep. He was in Burn After Reading. Um, he's in so many. He's things. like he's, he's literally in everything. Wonderful. He's a great actor. Everything, everything I've seen him in, I've Academy loved. Award nominated actor. Yes, he lots is, of Academy Award nominated. He's a terrific, he's a terrific actor, and this is also when we discover because you know um, when we're introduced to Sally at first, we didn't know this. She is mute. To which you know Sally Hawkins researched uh, Charles Chaplin, Laurel and Hardy. Buster Keaton and Audrey Hepburn for all of those sort of like silent actor, silent film sort of performances to help her character. Audrey Hepburn? Yeah, I was wondering that. That was probably more for like the coquettishness. And the dancing. And the dancing and the being a tiny little waif. So we (laughs) see... delicate. A delicate flower. We we see her getting, you know, she's getting ready for work. It's established later that this is set in... The early 1960s, 1962 to be specific. Uh, it's set in Baltimore. Good morning, so close Baltimore. To home. And Eliza works at a works as a cleaning lady for uh, aeros like a government sort of aerospace like science center. Like it's like a top secret sort of thing. They're basically funding NASA in a way, like doing They're programs to put for a man on the moon. Yep. And her colleague is Zelda who is played by Academy Award-winning actress Octavia Spencer. You know her from The Help, from Hidden Figures, uh, Halloween 2, Dinner for Schmucks. And I was saying to Matt, like, when we were talking about him picking this movie, I love... I love her because she's, she's a great actress, but I love also that she's like a genre actress. Like mm-hmm. She does like these kinds of stuff. She does horror movies. She does sci-fi. Even though it's a Guillermo del Toro movie, like not a lot of actors would be like, oh, sure, I'll be in this sci-fi movie. Like you say sci-fi, immediately people are like, Bleh, you know, but she does horror. She does sci-fi. She's like a great genre actress. Yeah. Really and, good. Weird comedy shit. And, like, and then, yeah. yeah, like also a part of the reason why she picked the she wanted to be in this movie. I brought this note up that Octavia Spencer was like, literally she, if Guillermo del Toro came to her with a part where she played a desk, <laughs> Octavia Spencer would have done it because Guillermo del Toro is one of yeah. like the preeminent auteurs of our time, I feel like. Getting on with this awesome director. Yeah, she was all for it. Be weird if she was just a desk. <laughs> it would. But like the daily life of Eliza consists of her and Giles during the day because she works at night and then she goes to work. We uh, we also find out that Giles is gay. He's yeah. A, he's a closeted homosexual man. 
in the 1960s. And this is another fun fact. It was like, it was one of Octavia Spencer's favorite things about this movie. That since like the main character was mute, most of the dialogue comes from a black woman and a closeted gay man in the 60s, which these are two people, which in the parlance of their time, they would have been very oppressed which we do kind of see in some points in the movie like it's it's it, it also reminds me a lot of um 112263 that book by Stephen King where mm-hmm. like he's basically writing a love letter to that era and then he just does this like knee jerk reaction where like oh yeah it was still terrible for for like people yeah that's why like whenever people say like oh man i wish i could like live in the 60s yeah cuz you're a white person that's why you want to live you're a white straight person that's why yeah. you think it would be cool to live in the 60s. Like I could sit there, cool for anyone else. Yeah, I could sit there and be like, I would have loved to have been in the 60s because yeah, I'm straight, white, blonde-haired, blue-eyed dude. Man, yeah. So yeah, I <laughs> put me anywhere, I'd be great. Yeah, but pretty much. We're also introduced later to Richard Strickland, who is the new head of security at this aerospace, is played by Michael Shannon, who again our listeners would know from Man of Steel, uh, Revolutionary Road. He was also on the TV show Boardwalk Empire. His you, bone structure is incredible. Yeah, he's got a concrete face and a thousand yard stairs kind of. Mm-hmm. Is, is, I mean, nocturnal animals was he, another one. He fits this time period very well. If he yes. was he walking a, through an airport, he would be identified immediately. He can really fit a suit in a skinny tie of the 60s. He looks mm-hmm. good in it. We're first introduced to him when a new asset is being moved into this top secret facility where Eliza and Zelda works. Yeah, and they call it an asset. Yes, only. it's an asset. And then, you Its know, name is Wanda. We cut... It's a fish. <laughs> a fish called Wanda. <laughs> we cut, we like, another... The next scene that we see Richard Strickland, Michael Shannon, we see him, he is, like, sprawling out into the hallway with his hand, and he's just gushing blood all over himself. Yeah, we hear, like, a scream, mm-hmm. and then... His fingies are gone. It's nice to see because he's a dick. Yeah, that fucker deserved it. And yeah. he pisses like uh, he pisses on his hands. Yes, well, we don't. See, yeah, we don't no, know no, that yet. We, no. We oh. saw that beforehand. That's no. that was when we were introduced to him, when Eliza and uh, Zelda were in the men's room cleaning because they're the janitorial staff. He comes in and he puts his huge like shock cattle prod yeah down and then he goes he washes his hands he takes he takes a piss he stands there taking a piss without his hand on his on his member yeah, it's on called the Johnson? superman yeah he, superman. what did you call that the superman stand yeah he superman was stands. he was literally he yeah. and we're all doing this right Aren't now we're back, all sitting there forward. like we're standing for truth justice in the american way but he washed his hands first yes yeah, he washes his hands before yeah don king does the same thing he does not wash his hands after grabs his his weapon but you could tell a lot yeah, about yeah, talks no. about how he does not want like oh no no a man washes his hands before or after tending to his needs it tells you a lot about a man he does it both times points to a weakness in character he believes probably that he is so pure and he is so much uh, like alpha male that he is washing his hands prior to touching himself because he himself is so pure, I feel yeah. like. His dick is made was, of gold. I was thinking more that he has everyone else's filthy except for him. Yeah, yeah, that's, a, that's, that's why he was washing yeah. his hands off before he touched himself. That's what he's right, saying, because yeah. he has no germs. So he's now, so, so yeah, now he doesn't, he doesn't need to wash his hands afterwards because he just pisses excellence. Yeah, he, he just also likes assaulted the smell him. of urine. The next time we see him after this bathroom scene, he he's he screams and he's sprawling out into the be- into the hallway. He's bleeding out of his hand. He's missing the last. He's missing his fourth ri- and fifth digit. Yep. He's so missing, he's got the shocker. He's missing his ring finger and his pinky finger. Eliza and Zelda are sent to clean up the mess where all the blood is and everything. And this is also when Eliza first sees the asset, which is. <laughs> A creature, some sort of aquatic creature. From South America. From South America. Can we talk about the awesome dinner selection 
at this job. Oh, the meatloaf? Zelda pulls out of this huge... It's like a wall. Wall of microwaves. Of toaster mic- ovens. It's a, and everything's labeled. That, uh, w- w- one that of the best parts of this movie is the set design. It's gorgeous. And, and the fact just, that like, everything's little, green? Little individual cubbies they open and pull out a full fried chicken dinner or meatloaf it just was like coolest thing ever yeah the, the set the set design was just it's always so good with his movies detailed. Mm-hmm. it like even back to the apartment the windows in the apartment oh. we oh uh, yeah because they live above a theater yeah. Yeah, i love the apartment it, we, they live above a theater and the windows are like semi-circles they share a quarter of a circle. They yeah. share a quarter of a circle with her neighbor, which, or gets to share which half a circle. Matt mentioned how close they are. It's, uh, it's beautiful. And like all of us have a direct connection with theaters. I mean, I worked at a movie theater. It's just, yeah, I don't know. It's just near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But continue. So, but yes, yeah, so we first see the creature, which is played by Doug Jones. Later, how, how does one play a creature like that? But which later Eliza tells Eliza tells Giles she calls it a merman at first. Um, the creature design is heavily inspired, of course, uh, by the film The Creature of the Black La- from the Black Lagoon, which was released in uh, 1954. Mm-hmm. And even Michael Shannon, you hear him say that he pulled this, he picked this creature up in the Amazon. The guy with- who played the creature from the Black Lagoon literally just died like a month ago. He was like 98 years old. Yeah, it's wow. it's it's no so which that line was an homage to the creature from the Black Lagoon. Doug Jones apparently spent three hours every day getting into this costume. The costume took like nine months to make from wow. start to finish. It had a pee hole. According to him, it was nothing compared to previous costumes he has worn in other Guillermo del Toro movies. This guy, they, they've worked together in multiple movies. They worked together in Hellboy, Hellboy 2, uh, Pan's Labyrinth, a lot of stuff. And... To just spite my co-host Guido over here, he brought up the whole Abe Sapien thing earlier. The creature bore a strong resemblance with Abe Sapien from Hellboy. Yeah, they're the same. They're probably cousins. <laughs> and they were both played by Doug Jones, but Guillermo del Toro is like, they are nothing alike. Nothing. Yeah. You're he's, right. He's great too because there's even though there are special effects, there's a lot of practical effects. Mm-hmm. Guillermo del Toro loves practical effects, which he I appreciate. Loves practical effects. Yes. Like that whole it's a costume. Like there's still some digital, but like most people would just be like, "Oh, you're gonna wear those stupid fucking sensors, and we're just gonna motion um, capture motion capture mm-hmm. you." No, nope, we're gonna build a suit for nine months to make it look. Uh, and a huge a huge debate about it was how do they make it so that he could be in the water? Exactly. Like, they were saying that they wanted to use this one type of material. They wanted to use like um, fabric or something. But then they were like, uh, it'd probably be easier to use silicone, which apparently was easier for Doug Jones to be in the water because it was lighter that way. So yeah. he was all for that. Because so. you think about the... So was, the, was it only like the eyes that were CGI'd really? Yeah, there's definitely parts of his And his his bioluminescence, yeah. Yeah, but you think about like the people who have these jobs in Hollywood, like practical effects when they aren't used, like that's people's jobs who aren't... They don't have jobs. They don't get to create costumes or do makeup or anything like that because you're doing motion capture and... Not that motion capture isn't cool. I get it. Yeah, but like that's not the true spirit of movies, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Practical effects is the true spirit of film. So Eliza, after their first meeting, she kind of becomes fascinated with the creature. She's deciding she's going to have like lunch with him. She's going to have her lunch. Yeah, she's not afraid of him. Not afraid of him. She she identifies a kindred spirit with him. She goes. How does she, she goes, get in there? She goes in. Well, she has an access card. She oh. can get in there because she cleans she it. She can just get in there whenever she wants. Yeah, it seems like a, a security uh, problem on their end, but that's not her fault. <laughs> okay. So she just goes in there, and you know, she boils eggs the beginning of the morning. She gets her beginning of her shift. She gets one. She puts it up there. And she leaves it for him. The creature comes up, and then they kind of have a, a thing. A sign. A so sign. She, yeah, she taught she, him how to say egg. She taught him how language. to say egg. On the other hand, um, Strickland, Michael Shannon, he becomes infatuated kind of with Eliza. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's vile. Yeah, he is totally a vile person. The things he says to her are disgusting. He, he, he's interviewing them after he loses his fingers, but then they get reattached, and he's like, oh, you guys found my fingers. Thank you for doing that. Oh, Zelda, huh? Mm, no brothers and sisters. 
that's not typical for your kind, is it? Like, uh, yeah, he's. Well, yeah, he's he's trying to intimidate them to make them afraid of him. I'm no, sorry. He if genuinely I, believes that shit too. If my two fingers were severed and then I'm in the hospital and they arrive covered in mustard, I'm going to be fucking pissed, and that's why well, things went poorly. Don't physically abuse a creature that bites your fingers off, and exactly. we won't have this problem. Well, you don't know how they met. The fish man was probably a dick first. He was all being like a uh, fish you're telling, dick. Me a, you're telling me a dude like that captures you and puts you in a capsule and, and then, then shocks and you then, with a cattle prod? Well, he, he does that now. Well, we don't. No, we are not aware of are how they met. Okay. What are you trying to say that like they served together and then uh, the fish guy like fish guy probably betrayed him. We don't know. Get at it. Get the fuck out. Oh of my here. god. Yeah, so he's sitting there, and of course we get that whole thing where he's like, oh, yeah, they reattached my fingers, but you know, sir, I still got my trigger finger, my... My thumb, my, my trigger My finger. thumb, my trigger finger, and my pussy finger. Gross. Yeah, if you're only using one, it's probably not Well, you know, he's got two in the, he's got two in the pink, but he, no might, stink. Have, he might have some problem with the stink until so later gross. when it starts to decompose. I'm just going to use two hands. And then we also get like a we get a vision of the home life of Strickland. He's basically again a zealot, an atypical alpha white male in the sixties. Like he's got a boy and a girl. He's got a boy and a girl. He's got a house, and he's like, you know what? I need a new car. And he's got. A I wife. need I need a new car, and the wife's just like, you need a new car, huh? Whips her titty out. Awesome. Things seem pretty cool in this house. It's a pretty big titty. It's a yeah. fully. It's a fully. It's a fully. Yeah. She we, still breastfeeds those kids. I was going to say, I was... Totally up the boob question of this movie by half. So now we're at three. Three boobs this whole movie. And then they bang in the machine. I'm, pa- I'm still paying attention up to this point. And he's like, yeah, he's just sitting there. He's like, shut up, shut up. She's trying to talk. And he's like, nap, nap. I'm going to put Ew. my moldy, Blech. diseased, almond-smelling Fuck. fingers in your not, mouth. Not yet. Oh, they, they don't just, smell like almonds yet? No, they were they just were a, reattached. But but they are bleeding on her. And he's just like, shut up. I want you yeah. to be mute. Which, show, so which shows more of this infatuation that he had with Eliza. Because he wanted her to be quiet. I think he probably God wants forbid, all people to be she quiet. She showed him how she was feeling. She wasn't feeling anything from that jackhammer. faking ham- that, that fucking shit. That jackhammering. But you know what? As terrible as he is in this movie, he did have... In- Missionary's my favorite. No, he had one quote in this movie that I could relate to. Not the finger quote? No, no, no. She was like, she was like oh, and DC's only a half hour away. And he's oh. like, still Baltimore. Nobody loves Baltimore. Nobody loves Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah, because they relocated it from somewhere else. Yeah, and we've been to Baltimore, and it's not great. The nope. harbor is fine. Nope. It's Raven's trash. We don't support it. My friend was physically assaulted there, so I hate it too now. Well, yeah. there you it's go. A, well, it's see? It's a rough city now. Great. Now we're going to have Baltimore's PR team reach out to us for slander. Oh, I darn. Yeah, all, all my Maryland cousins are going to be like, you don't know anything. Oh, you know meanwhile, what? Meanwhile, they'll still be like, Philadelphia is crazy. I they mean, threw snowballs at Santa Claus. I mean, I'll defend Wilmington. You fuck mean the Kilmington? Fuck the Orioles. Yeah, I'll defend Wilmington. Nah, don't fuck the Orioles. Cal Ripken's awesome. Boog Pal's great. Love you, Cousin Sharon. Camden Yards has really good soft pretzels, too. They have, like, the really big ones. Like, there's the big, big ones. Like, the big hand-thrown like the ones. Be- yeah, like the Do they have churros, too? No, but like goods the, and bads. But, like, you know, the hand-thrown ones. You know, what, you know what else they have? They have boiled eggs, which also helps the bond between Eliza and the creature. <laughs> they just have boiled eggs together at lunchtime. I had one this morning for breakfast. And she's yeah, all... Yeah, that's a very expensive lunch that she shared with us. Do you think Today, he's had that, those eggs before? Is. Back in the 60s, you could probably get an egg for a nickel. Yeah, usually the eggs he finds in the sea, he uh, they're on the floor of the seabed, and he has to sprinkle his seed over the thousands of them. Shut your mouth. You love to say seed. Seed. But, but then also Eliza has decided she's bringing a portable record player there and she's showing him music, which she then signs to him, which I'm demonstrating now. We are an audio podcast, but I'm doing the sign he's, from the movie. He's brushing his forearm For in a very For erotic music. way. It's a, she's testing the waters, so to say. Like she's yeah. really. How does she pushing. know that an egg won't kill him? No, I think she's taking big chances. No, like getting caught. She like, oh, oh, by going into that room, she could just get into whenever she wants to protect yeah. the asset. That the this is totally an original thought from Guillermo del Toro, but again, it was inspired by the creature from the Black Lagoon. 
because Guillermo del Toro saw it and he was infatuated with like the scenes in that movie where the creature was like swimming with the lady. The famous, yeah, really. And he wanted to be like, what if they just had a relationship? Boom, this is the movie. Okay, cool. But yes, their relationship is discovered by the head scientist. Yes. Dr. Robert Hofstetler. (laughs) Hofstetler. A.K.A. Dimitri. He was mostly... Nice to meet you. He was mostly a second character. We kind of just only saw him going in and out on the cart. I love those little cars. This is the asset. And then we see him like see her have a relationship with the creature. And then, yes, we do find out that he is Soviet double agent. Well, it's the first time that like anyone has seen or thought that the creature wasn't just like a bloodthirsty killer. Like, he sees the relationship they're forming and is like, oh, maybe it's not just a fish. Maybe mm-hmm. it's an actual intelligent being capable of feelings and intelligent thoughts. He even he even kicks it up to his Soviet handlers, like his superiors. He's like, it can recognize music. Oh, and they eat in that yeah. stereotypical Russian restaurant. <laughs> it's interesting, too, because it it's like comparable to how everybody wanted to get on the moon at that time Mm -hmm. and like oh well the americans have this creature and then the russians were like well we want the creature but we also don't want the americans to know anything about the creature so but they kept referencing like needing the creature to get to the moon i'm like how is this creature gonna help them get to the moon uh, and also this is why getting to the moon was horrible and a waste of money not that it actually happened because that's all fake it had a bunch of lungs and it can breathe is that what they were trying to figure out and it could also survive it could also survive under different atmosphere because you know the ocean when you think about it is a lot like space because it's different atmospheres of pressure in the ocean they Um, wanted to test space is a vacuum that theory on this creature to see if it could survive on the moon without so they were going to shoot the creature into the moon? No, they that were was using. A theory that they they were, were trying to about. see its like biochemistry and how it can survive different atmosphere Stupid atmospheres. Space of- <laughs> Look at his face, so annoyed right now. Because <laughs> we've hijacked his. No, because I'm talking about how much I hate the space program. Uh, and yet she loves Velcro and all the other products that were created by the space program. Wait, like NASA now? You don't like NASA? No, no she's never liked NASA. I don't. Meanwhile, she loves it's science. Because they're run by Nazis. Stuff like that. No, it's because it's a giant waste of money uh, to get to planets that we can't get to or live on currently, and we don't even know everything about our own planet. Or you know, in our maybe lifetime. putting the money into saving our planet so we don't have to go live on Mars and basically become total recall. So the next, and then after <laughs> we find out that Demet, I mean, Dr. Hostedler is a Soviet agent, Eliza goes to visit the creature again, but this time he's out of the water. He's tortured. Oh, he's awful. bleeding. He's chained. He's just. <coughs> he makes uh, noises like a hug. <coughs> Which is weird because he's got four lungs and he can breathe out of water. But like, Which is funny because actually Guillermo del Toro was the one that did the breathing stuff for the it's for the creature. Is so he a smoker? Because he's hurting. And, oh yeah, and he's then, bleeding. Yeah. Yeah, we find out that Strickland has been torturing him. And then his Strickland's boss, who's like a five-star general, he he emphasizes this multiple times in the movie. He's they get to do what they want. Strickland proposes this that the creature needs to be vivisected, killed and vivisected, so we could Great see word. what their apparat, you know, this breathing apparatus that they want, because they can't get it through conventional X-rays because their bone structure is like his bone structure is too dense to hide the breathing apparatus from current x-rays which is interesting to me well there's a lot of things hidden on this guy it's the 60s but x-ray well yeah it was like the it was just like the 60s version of an x-ray it's not like an mri or something well an x-ray is an x-ray it has an advanced you you got it look you got to suspend a lot of stuff i mean water has zero weight in this movie this is when elsa gets the idea that she is going to break eliza eliza is going to uh break the creature out she's going to free him yeah well because they made the decision that they're going to kill this creature and vivisect him it's just fun to say it's a great word (laughs) eliza eliza then goes to uh convince giles her neighbor who's having some struggles of his own he's apparently out of work because he was an alcoholic at some point his alcoholism mistake yeah we don't know too much about him aside from the fact that he's old and bald and gay and not allowed back at work 
I, I got no. good artist. I got the feeling that maybe something happened with him and his boss. I got that feeling too. You know, and I didn't get it the first time, but the second this, time around, I yeah. did get that feeling because he said something to him like, "I want to come back. Can I come Bernie? back now? And he's I want to like, come now back. Not the time. No, no but, and he called him by his first name. It's like Bernie, come on. He says something to him like, "You're the oh, one that made me you, leave. I guess when you need me." I'll be back like that. Yeah, it was very like you're the one that sent me away. No, like, like we're not getting into it. Straight guys who like are closeted are and the, yeah, they're on the yeah. down yeah. low. Yeah, and then they're like, oh, so I guess when you need me, you'll call me. It was kind of like that. I felt. and and also like uh, the first time he interacted with the the gentleman that was his previous boss the guy goes oh well we want green your advertisement that you've beautifully drawn and painted we don't want it red anymore we want it green yeah he's just stringing it and along. oh and oh we we want the people to be happier we don't want them to be the way that you painted yeah them. what does he say it was, he was like how like, could he was like fuck? how could they so be happy he was like how could they be any happier yeah. it looks like guido over here just discovered the missionary position yeah there's some great lines in this he's he has some really good lines when he talks about if i could be younger i'd give myself the advice take care of your teeth and fuck more yeah <laughs> great I mean, line it, it, it wasn't fair for him oh it's sad it was just he's a sad character he's being strung along in life well like eliza is trying to convince him to help he's refusing to see this as a, like this creature he, he he's still seeing it as less than he's like oh you keep calling it a thing fuck that no no and then it cuts to like i was saying earlier a knee jerk to like kind of pull us away from this romantic style of the 1960s. Cause we've seen like, aside from Strickland, we see this, it's beautiful. It's idyllic. Everybody's all great together and all that. And then we cut to another scene at the pie shop, which they like that Eliza and Giles like to frequent together. And Giles kind of has a crush on this guy behind the pie shop. They're sitting there talking and he's like thinking he's hitting it off, like yeah. they're flirting or whatever. And he was like, I'd like to get you get to know you more. He puts his hand on the pie shop guy and he freaks out. And then two two African Americans walk in. He's like, Hey, hey. Can't sit at the counter. Can't sit at the counter. Or, get on out. You or know take out or take out and leave. Disgusting. We get the, you know, the brutal realization because, you know, it wasn't all sunshine and lollipops for everybody. Mm-hmm. We took the rose tinted glasses off. The scene when she's asking for his help and he, he's like interpreting what she's signing. He says, it's not human. Like, who who cares if we help it? She says, if we don't help them, neither are we. Like, it's not human. But if we don't help it, we're not we're not human either. Like, it's, it's just a really good like. And but, she said line. she she feels like she and that creature are so similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because she sees exactly what his qualities are and matches those qualities in herself because it's difficult to communicate it's a lot about being especially like back in the like back Mm -hmm. then not being uh, or being less than like she has Mm -hmm. the scars on her neck she can't speak she's an inferior class of people so what's the difference between her and this fish man there's no difference and she's created this beautiful bond with this yeah so then i mean also giles after this realization about how isolated he is he decides yes of course he is going to help eliza break out this creature because he's like you're all i have yeah and he's also like i've eaten way too much key lime pie quote unquote with jello it was green jello pie and that guy fucking sucks Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) <laughs> it was like a chain. It was like a chain pie restaurant. Pie's disgusting. And we also discover, you know, that Hofstetler, while he's discovered Eliza's bond with this creature, he kind of wants to break the creature out also because his Soviet superiors, they're cool with just killing it because they don't want anything except for the Americans to fail. So Yeah, they don't want they don't want the Americans to have any gains. From having this creature. That's Cold War for you. The space race. That is the Cold War. It's it has nothing to, inhuman, I mean, it has nothing to do with the space race. It's just the Cold War, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but he wants to break out. He want, He's going to help them. Basically, Fuck the basically help them because he doesn't want this creature killed. Mm-hmm, because he sees that it is an intelligent being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's not thinking with his dick like everyone else in this movie. And then, he is a scientist. And then we get like. He washes a, his hands after he touches his dick. Yes. He washes before and after because he cares about everything. He's a double washer? He, care, he cares about himself and others. But then, and then we get a, we get a scene of... Unlike you two. I just Superman it. 
I, I never wash my hands because I could go bowling later. If you're just peeing, this is just a thing that my dad taught me, you know. Yes, please explain. Are you sure you want to admit to anything that you're going to be saying? Don't cut it out. Please go. During the pandemic, yes, I totally washed my hands every time I went to the bathroom. I totally washed my hands doing that. But prior to that, it was, my dad was like, hey, you just taking a piss? Don't wash your hands. You can go bowling later. Because wet fingers are not good for bowling. I'm sorry. Filthy pee hands are good for bowling. Well, dry I mean, hands dry are good hands. for bowling. You yeah. got pee pee fingers. I'm not pissing on my hands. Piss is astringent. Okay? My hands are not in front of my dick getting uh, sprayed you on. Shake it off, don't you? I was taught not well, to piss on my hands. Panties. You do. This you is do, such a gross conversation. You do, a, you do a little shake, and then you're done. I'm sorry. You got I like to panties. do a big shake. And if you shake it more than twice, you're playing with yourself. Maybe you get piddle panties when you put, them, you put your hands to shake your vulva or something. We but don't shake our vulva. We, we use, use toilet, toilet paper. paper. Yeah, and anytime Tammy laughs or sneezes, she pees. Don't worry. I do appreciate that you use the proper uh, term for the external genitalia. Labia? I am an ally. No. <laughs> vulva, instead of saying vagina. Vajor, vajora minorums. Well, look. It's not like I. It's not like when I shake, I put it at the. I put my hand at the tip of my penis. No, I put it at the end. What noise do you make when you shake after you you pee? Is it different than the clown noise? Yes, I sound like I sound like Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top. I go, Wait. I go, ha 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 ha. <laughs> 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 the same sound when you're like at a base. Yeah, I sit there. I go, ha 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 ha. Like literally, you just listen to you listen to ZZ Top's Lagrange. That is me pissing. I'm like, ha 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 ha. Hair is fine. Cracker Jacks. Okay. Call it a day. Well, I don't eat with the hand that I was handling my Johnson How roll. How are we supposed to know that? Oh, my How God. How can I ever share a bag of chips with you? Well, you know what you can't do? You can't dry your balls off with the air dryer. Only we can do that. all the germs. You can, you can dry your hair, though, with it. Ew. Your hair out. on your head. That's for oh, drying no. hands and balls. All right, where were we? Did she esca- did he escape yet? Merman. Mer mer lady. <laughs> okay, no, what we got to was um Hofstetter confronted Strickland. The doctor okay. construct confronted the or the security guy. And we get a more definite look in. Who is the monster here? Is it the creature? Or is it man? It's man. It, it spoiler Disgusting. Spoiler alert, it is man. Eliza then does break the creature out through a through a, like a thing of errors because Hofstetter also set up his little thing that blew up the power the circuit boards or I mean the power lines mm-hmm. and whatever and then Zelda just showed up helped Zelda's cart- such a good friend helped Eliza yeah she helped out Eliza yeah yeah, yeah. and then her bud brought the Giles laundry Giles yeah yeah the laundry well I mean I mean he he was in on it the whole time mm-hmm. it like Hostetler and Zelda weren't in on it Zelda was just standing out there and saw Eliza because she's like why is she here to clock out and Hostetler was like oh you're gonna try and break this guy out okay cool I am too take him this way you have this much time so then they take the creature back to Eliza's apartment they put him in the bathtub that we've seen that can be filled up really a lot. Yeah, she fills it up to the top, tippy, tippy top. Well, she does Even that. Even before she gets into the tub. Before, she, like, yeah, she, she personally. Gets but, I mean, yeah, she does that. And then she, you know, she, she salted it up, too. And they plan to release him at a canal nearby when it's high tide. After the after it rains. Yeah, after it rains a lot. And it only, hasn't rained yet. And only in certain months does it actually like lead to the ocean because I think yeah. they close it after a certain point. Yeah. But also, like if if it rains a lot, it fills it up regardless. So right. Then it can he can escape because if anything's gonna kill him, it's gonna be Baltimore water or just Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah, I watched The Wire. And then now Strickland is investigating how the creature escaped, and he's promised to bring the creature back. Do you think there's any symbolism with how his yeah you know the fingers the, dying yeah how how his fingers decomposed or mm-hmm. like is there a correlation between that and like his detachment with reality basically like how he's become more unhinged 
where he those fingers have... never stood a chance. I don't care if it is symbolism. I mean, it, it well, is the yeah, 60s. Well, no, but I mean, it is it is an interesting point. You know, it's the beginning of the movie was when the the fingers were severed, and then yeah, he no, no, you're no, right. That, no, that's you're a very right. good point. Yeah, it is like it's it's like a, a symbolic gesture of like. His detachment from reality and like he's becoming yeah because we see that yeah we see he's more and more unhinged as mm-hmm. his fingers are decomposing on his hand yeah and as as the days go by and as the weeks go by his fingers go from white to gray to like to pale black. to like absolute black and then he rips them off yeah yeah later on just, and that's like a thing like they're sitting there saying like oh oh he loses it. your fingers smell terrible. Almonds. I don't really know if that's true. I just I heard it in a movie one time. I, think I mean, Private Ryan. After after the creature's broken out, Eliza and Zelda are back at work to keep up appearances. Mm-hmm. Strickland, like I just said, is be, like we just said, is becoming more and more unhinged. And Giles is at home with the creature, and the creature ends up busting out of the tub while Giles is asleep. And then also ends up eating one of Giles's oh. cats. Yeah. Oh. And then Giles is the best friend. Guess what? And he goes, it's not its fault. It's an animal. I it think does. I think I know why know Strickland anyone. and Merman hate each other. Because they Strickland, don't hate each other. Oh, Strickland, Strickland was traveling on vacation with his cat. Okay? <laughs> it, to the Amazon. He was on a beach getting in some rays. With his and then, cat? Yeah, his pet cat. It's not weird. And then, I mean, look at the color Cadillac he chose. Like, let's be real. And then he's just getting some rays. And then this murder dude just shows up and eats his fucking cat. But he catches him and brings him home. And there, that's why he's so mad at him. Did I Colonel just... Chi show up? Uh, <laughs> no, he couldn't get to the phone to call him. Ah. He tried to invite him, but he couldn't get to the phone right now. <laughs> Don't hang up. Leave a message after the drink. I just thought it was because Strickland was so pissed off because the creature was showing him there was a better way. And it was to eat the pussy. <gasps> that poor cat. At least he had like three other cats. Though, yeah. To keep him But company. he did eat that cat. <laughs> he he sure did. right off. <laughs> I mean, and then the creature escapes from the apartment and goes down into the theater below, which another fun fact, when The Shape of Water was presented and premiered at the uh, Toronto International Film Festival, the screening was held in the Elgin Theater, which was the theater that it was filmed in. It was all filmed in Toronto, but that theater that they were, like all the scenes that they were all sitting in and they lived above was where they premiered the movie first. Love. It's a beautiful theater. So then also after this whole cat thing, uh, the connection between Eliza and the creature becomes physical. They fuck. They cross the line between friends and lovers. Lovers. Well, I mean, how can how can they be lovers if they can't be friends? I'm assuming well, she's a virgin. The sign language for want to bang is universal between species. I don't know if she is. I think she's, she's a virgin. Just, I feel like she's uh, I don't think she is. I do. He web fingered her bean. Before, as no, that would have. Did you see the, his fingernail? That would have no. torn her up. No, he, I, I think she's a virgin. I would not have supported him finger banging her because did you see the finger, the talons he had that cut up? They're webbed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, virginity's a social construct, oh my but so, I don't think she's ever had. So maybe she's in a spanking, and then he's got this paddle of the hand. Oh yeah, that would leave a mark. But also, his claws would have torn her up. Okay. Yeah, he kind of looks like his his hands look like the head of the creature from Jeepers Creepers. Maybe like, he can retract his claws, like he can protrude his protuberance. Well, he he was very gentle with her because she had no scratches. And I mean, they kind of they yeah, we get a demonstration of how he has a penis because she's got hands. We see him. She's gossiping with her girlfriend. We see him. You see him stand up in the movie, and he's clearly an, as like anatomically, a yeah, like a Ken doll. But then we find out later, you know, girl talk, girl between, talk. between Zelda and That's Eliza. All ladies do. She goes, <laughs> and what you're hearing is Matt moving his fingers, and you've got a cloister of both of the hands moving apart, and then a fish stick presents itself from top to bottom. Think of it like, here's the church, here's the steeple kind of a scenario. I'm opening the clam. Yeah. And then... 
Here's my dick. <laughs> Here's my dick coming Here's out my of the clam. Dick. Opens the clam. There's the sea cucumber. I like fish mm-hmm. sticks. And then, and then even you gay fish. <laughs> then even later, because uh, their their relationship progresses, you know they've they've done it more than once. Eliza decides that she's going to flood her bathroom to, to to make better for the creature. Which fun fact. Apparently, one day after completing these filming sequences, these arduous underwater sequences, she that was her last day of filming for this movie. She then had to go back to London to start filming Paddington 2. Her first day, she had to film underwater sequences in Paddington 2. She must have been so wrinkly and pruny. So it was harder for her to film, but this man in this water aquatic suit... It wasn't as hard. He's used to it. Well, no, He's no, no, done no. it in two it. other movies. It, 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 it's like it, a stunt guy. But also, it's just but interesting to me. But but no. I mean, I wasn't saying it was more arduous for for Sally Hawkins. I was just saying no. she doesn't have webbed feet. No, I, but I, 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 I was, read the same things that you like. I I looked at some of some things. I just too, and it didn't say anything about the water scenes with him. Well, no, I was just saying it was funny because her last day of this movie. She had to go do this. Mm-hmm. And then her first day of the next movie, she had to go and do the same thing in a different movie. And then also, according to, um, like, with these intercourse scenes, Seth Rogen, he apparently confronted Guillermo del Toro at a Golden Globe party and was telling him, if you had shown the fish man's dick in this movie, it would have been the greatest movie ever made. He wants to see the halibut chungus on screen. We also, we discovered this creature has some form of healing powers. And it's like kind of like a light up sort of scenario where if anybody in this room has seen the movie E.T., it's kind of a lot like that. Yeah. Well, um, look, dude. When the the creature eats the cat's head, he also flees the apartment and scratches and, and scratches Giles, Giles. But, he, but he then also heals he apologizes to him by you know grabbing his head with his palm mm-hmm. and then he also takes his palm of his hand and grabs his arm and then the next day Giles is growing hair on the top of his head which is a big point of contention for him because he wears a toupee well I, yeah but it, like and it's just a little bit it. of hair. I mean, it works. His hands work as well as like a sharper image catalog product would. Well, then his arm is he's completely like, healed. He's like Elliot. Stop it. Hair grows. This is a very sensitive topic to Allie. And it's her, fine. I'm fine. Her ET. Um, Brand. I love a BT. I do love ET. And then also the rains have finally blessed Baltimore. I blessed the rains down in Baltimore. <laughs> the canal is high enough for the creature to escape safely into the ocean. Again, like I just I love Free Willy. You fucking <laughs> ruined this movie by t- doing that comparison. I hate you for that. <laughs> we're sitting there watching it, and you guys were like, this is like Free Willy. And I was like, fuck you. No, that wasn't what we said. I, that's exactly what I said, but okay. I, I wrote in my notes when I watched it, this plot becomes similar to E.T., except for a fantasy black and white dance scene, which is like from a golden age Hollywood film. But it's between Eliza and the creature. Like, it's just like... You can't wear tap shoes. But you also hear her sing. Yeah, it was it, it was just beautiful. I think it's pretty. It's it's lovely. And the the scene of her uh, overflowing her bathroom with him and the water trickling down into the the theater below and water weighs eight point um, three four pounds per gallon. It, I want you to know that it was just an incredible personal love. How much scene does the human the head two. weigh? Are you going to cut my head off? Do no, you need to, do you need to shave it somewhere? Okay. Wouldn't you say that though? Like. It was such an intimate moment between the oh, two no, no, of them. No, no, no. It, it was beautiful. It was very... I loved it. it. While this is all happening and we're, we're running, we're coming to a head because Strickland is out of time. That five-star general is like, mm-hmm. literally, you need to find this fucking thing or else dude, you are fucking dead. He weighs and measures him and finds him wanting. Like, that scene is... He, like, cuts that dude's nuts off. 36 hours from now, this entire episode... We'll be over. And so will you. Our universe will have a hole in it with your outline. And you will have moved on to an alternate universe. A universe of shit. 
you'll be lost to civilization and you will be unborn, unmade, and undone. He eviscerates Michael Shannon in that scene, and it is fabulous. Not that the general's any better, but... He's a bad guy. And the but he's also a five-star general. He gets to do whatever the fuck he wants. But also, like, always Strickland, like, suspected Dr. Hofstetler, you know, the Soviet double agent. He didn't know he was a Soviet double agent, but then... Near the end of the movie, he does he tails Dr. Hostetler, finds out he's a Soviet agent. He's like, you were speaking Russian. Hostetler, he thought he was getting picked up by his handlers. They were just going to kill him. They shot him. Michael Shannon's in the background, shoots both of them, and then's like, you were speaking Russian. And then he fish hooks him from the oh, bullet wound. That was awful cow prodding him in the wound in his butt. And then he also puts his, he basically, he like fists him in the wound. And he's sitting on a big pile of salt, which is like, ugh. And Dimitri still would not give up the deeds. Well, he he did. did. No, no, he did. He's like, no, because they were under the impression that it was like, it's a strike team of 10 people. And then. Name and rank. Hostetler's like, no name, no rank. They just clean. Yeah. Which, Why which, did he have to give them up? Which gives them away. And it's almost amusing to him. To which what brings then, down the yeah, great, the he, great system is like. Well, no. Clean. When you when you think about it, it's like the story that Strickland, when he shows up at Zelda's house, because Zelda's middle name is Delilah. Strickland makes the biblical allegory of Samson and Delilah. Strick, uh, Hofstetler brings the house down, kind of like Samson in a way. He's fully unhinged now. He rips his fingers off in Zelda's house while uh, he's confronting her. And throws and, them under the TV. And They're tell, full of confetti. And tells the story of Samson's last moments in the Bible. They looked like Tootsie Rolls. Yeah. They de- you can hear him squish. Like Tootsie Rolls. And then her husband rats Eliza out. Yeah, his wife's got a white man in his house ripping his fingers off. Yeah, I mean, ben. I don't blame him but I also like what she says to him like you don't talk your whole life and I can't shut the fuck up basically I probably wouldn't have probably done this on something similar but I wouldn't have told her not to give him a heads up for dinner it was just a a frying pan of bacon and Brussels sprouts you gonna fart so now we come to the final confrontation at the canal area the creature is getting ready to jump into the canal. They're all sitting there. Charles is like, please touch my head again so I can get a full head of hair. And just so when cute. he's doing that, bam, One bam. One more time. And Strickland has shot the creature two times. And then the Strickland also shoots Eliza in the gut. Yeah. But Strickland doesn't know of the creature's healing powers. Apparently, yeah, apparently, apparently he does not. But we also don't know as viewers of the anatomy of this creature. It's got four. We have lungs. no idea where its heart is. Like just because yeah. he shot him in, yeah. What where our hearts would be? For all, mean that yeah. That's where his for heart all, is, yeah. Or if for, he has a heart, like we have no idea what this creature is. For all we know, Strickland shot the creature in his front butt. Yeah. Yeah. We have we have no idea. His I mean, we fanny. can make assumptions because he is. He has very high nipples. Like I I made the same argument when um. Endgame came out, like Avengers Endgame, and there was that internet theory that Ant-Man was going to jump up into Thanos' anus and then expand oh, God. and blow up him. and blow up Thanos from inside. Oh, didn't uh, they do that in the boys? They did. Yeah, but it they was did. yeah, but it was through the pee hole. How do we know? I mean, yes, Thanos does look like a man, but how do we know that he has a butthole for Ant Man to jump up into? It could be cone, it could be cone heads up in there. Yeah, he no could crack, not have just like dials. The creature shows off his healing capabilities. He sh- he basically shrugs off that those bullet wounds, walks over to Strickland, and Strickland's standing there, he's like you are a god. And the creature slices the throat open. Yes. He takes Eliza, jumps into the water, runs his fingers across her neck, which she had like scars that I'm sorry, I didn't talk about beforehand. Resemble. Which resemble gills. Gills. Gives her gills, and he also heals her. And they swim away together. And they swim away together. To yes, live. She becomes. An aquatic. She's a fish now. They live happily ever after, according to Richard Jenkins, we think. 
in the Baltimore canals. Or are they just getting... No, they, maybe they go back to South America. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. All that get, salt water in the Amazon. Get the fuck out of Baltimore. Yes. We get it. Just a few more fun facts about this movie. Uh, this, this one fact did become a meme. When this movie won Best Picture, Michael Shannon was not in the audience. He was in a bar... In Chicago at the time. That was this movie? Yeah. And I they, thought that was the other one. No, it was this movie. He was in a Chicago bar, Old Town Alehouse, the moment the film won Best Picture at the 90th Academy Awards. The okay. bar owner waited until after the ceremony was over to post a picture of it. But yeah, he wasn't there. One of the biggest parts of the movie wasn't there for... That's crazy well, to me. He lost two fingers to make that movie. I wouldn't, you know, I'd have mixed feelings. The Shape of Water is the top grossing best picture winner in five years. Wow. Grossing over $194 million worldwide on a budget of $19 million. Holy shit. I can't believe it only cost that much money to make. That I is agree. insane. I agree. I just I saw that and I was like, holy crap. Just that is crazy. Set design and mm-hmm. the costuming alone and getting those cars. And, and this movie was all basically done on like a uh, on a sound stage. It that wasn't is amazing. It wasn't there wasn't like on set stuff because like You can the, tell when it's wow. like you can tell when it's like the backdrop of like Universal Studios or or Leavesden Studios and in, in like outside in. like you can tell it wasn't really Baltimore. But you know. And it's also the first science fiction movie to ever win Best Picture at the Academy Awards. Wow. That is very true. They don't tend to win, ever. That's amazing. Yeah. So, that's my movie. We'll go around the room. Start with Allie. Oh, pass. pass. or fail. Pass. I love this movie. I think it's beautiful. I do love the the style of the time period. I like the, the clothes and the... The atomic vintage and the the quirkiness and still has that Guillermo del Toro look to it, which is always going to be a little gothic and dark. I love the kind of story of like the importance of a found family, which Mm -hmm. is what these characters are to each other. Richard Jenkins is obviously a gay man in 1962. He doesn't have anyone. He has his friend and she has him and Zelda, even though she has a husband, she has this friend and she chooses to be with this these people instead of her deadbeat husband and i think it's like important that you know you can you're born into a family but you can also make your own family and that's a and, beautiful part and just of this yeah movie. and to add on just like i said before this is a movie where the monster the creature yeah the terrible thing it wasn't the creature of this movie it was man yeah and i just i'm shocked that it costs so little to make and that that's just shows how good of like a storyteller Guillermo del Toro really yeah, is. Yeah, he was literally like, hey, I just watched Creature of the Black Lagoon. I like that part where he was swimming around with this lady. Imagine if that fish fucked that lady. I'm going to make a movie about it. So Best yeah. picture winner. <laughs> yeah, pass. <laughs> okay, Tammy? I loved the love story that this movie portrayed. I agree with Allie with the pieces about... You know, picking your your family and having your friends be your family. Because I feel like our friends are our family. I'm sure Guido and I agree on that. And I I really enjoyed all of the the sets, the clothes, the uh, the water scenes, and I, it was just a beautifully shot film. Um, I really enjoyed the whole thing. It was beautifully done. So good pick. Pass. Huh? Pass. Okay, Guido, your thoughts. I will pass the sappy fish movie. However, <laughs> I need to point out one thing. When uh, the security dude, the guy with the concrete face. Michael, Michael Shannon. Shannon. When Michael Shannon was firing at the getaway van with his revolver, I can hear bullet shells hitting the ground. And that ain't right. Because it's a revolver. It's God it. shooting the shells under. It's in the gun. It's like the basic function of the firearm. I knew I forgot to do something. I forgot to do the whole gun <laughs> mechanics of this movie with you. There was, oh, yeah. There Water was, doesn't weigh eight pounds a gallon in this movie either. They filled an entire room up. What is that? What do you think? It's 40 by 40. However, I pass. That's passes all around. That is a universal pass. I mean, hell, I would have thought that Guido would have failed it because of my anti-Waterworld status because I thought he would have been salty that 
They're my fish, my fish guy fucked, and his fish guy sucked. Oh, finally. Does it feel better? He literally <laughs> texted that to me a month ago so he wouldn't forget it. Do you feel better? I feel like I just shot a spooky ghost all over this room. Oh, oh my God. Dude. He feels the way Michael Shannon feels after S- ripping off those gangrenous fingers. Somebody get this guy a warm towel. I was like, <laughs> hey, Tammy, did you wash your hands after that? I sure did. No, you, you washed your hands before. You. Before or after? Did you I, pee on your hands? I, re- I washed my hands only after. Were you the sitting there going, ha, 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 ha. No, that's the jerk-off noise. Oh, my bad. Okay, well, you know what? That wraps it up. It was a universal pass. But we're going to uh, switch it over to Tammy for the, our third installment of our Creature Feature Month. Tammy, quid pro quo. So my 2005 flick was written and directed by Neil Marshall. Top cast is uh, Shauna McDonald, Natalie Mendoza. My movie is The Descent. We are at Quad Pro Quo Pod across Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we are also part of the Deluxe Edition Network. You can find out about us and the other great podcasts on the network at deluxeeditionnetwork.com. Podcasts for the month of May are The Real Drunks and Horsin' Around. Please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have an idea for a theme month, you can suggest it on our website or by sending us an email at at quadproquopod at gmail.com. And until next time, thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.